Hi, this is B from the B Network bringing you another episode of Mind, Melanin, and Soul. This is episode nine, Perfect Patty. So welcome to another episode of Mind, Melanin, and Soul. This is the episode that I have been extremely excited about to talk about and share with you um, just a lot. Um, so we have a really, really special guest coming on the show today. Um, her name is Mia Dabney. Um, so I can't wait to get to that segment of the show. But first, today we're going to talk about personality and personality styles. So many of you have probably taken a personality test at least once or twice in your lifetime. And if you haven't, you've at least heard of the five love languages, which is also a personality test, but it's just one kind of specific to how you act in relationships or what's your love language to kind of show you what you need to thrive in relationships. So any personality test as a whole is designed to help us understand why we think, love, and act the way that we do. Um, On the other end, Personality tests also helped us to know how others will interact with us. What are some easy ways to help others to interact with us? And they can be really helpful if we use them in the appropriate ways. My all-time favorite personality test is called The New Personality Self-Portrait. Um, this book was written by John Aldham and Louis B. Morris. It's a book that you can find on Amazon for under $12, or you can take the test online. The only thing about taking the test online is you get an abbreviated version. Um, and I don't think you'll want the abbreviated version. It's so great that I think that you should just go ahead and buy the book. But anyway, I love this personality test because it is the only personality test that was designed based on mental health disorders. And so basically, the psychologist who wrote this book took into account all the mental health disorders that are classified in the Diagnostic Statistical Manual that psychiatrists, psychologists, and social workers use in order to come up with a personality self-portrait that will help help you to identify which of the 14 personality styles you apply to. And it really breaks them down into six domains to, to talk to you about how does your personality exist as you as a parent, you in the workforce, you as a friend, you in the love life. At the end of every chapter, it also talks about what personality disorder you could be at risk for if you were to reach the extreme of that personality trait. Um, so again, if you go online, it's just going to give you your scores and tell you, um, give you a little brief synopsis at the end. Um, But if you really wanted to get deep in depth to it, then I really think it's worth the $12 investment. However, if you're okay with the abbreviated version and you just want to take the test online, you'll go to NPSP25.com. Again, that's NPSP25.com. And that's just short for New Personality Self-Portrait25.com. So just a heads up, the test is 170 questions long. I know. I know that's long. But think about how thorough your results are when you're answering 170 questions. And the questions are just yes, no, maybe. So it really doesn't take more than 15 to 20 minutes of your day. So today we're going to focus on the conscientious personality style. I chose that style to to talk about um, on the podcast today because 
because um, with millennials, a lot of us are just entering our career or working to climb the career level, the career ladder, and we're looking to find that balance between career and relationships. The conscientious personality styles are people who can be considered the backbone of America. They're loyal to their family, their friends, their causes, and their goals. Their most strong suit, however, is their worth ethic. So everything that they do is very detailed. Um, They like to succeed. Succeeding is very rewarding to them. And they're super, super duper hard workers. Um, They have a great sense of control. They're also seen as the voice of reason. Um, And therefore, a lot of times their friends will come to them with a lot of logical decision-making that they need to be that needs to be done. So if you feel like sometimes your friend only comes to you because they know that you're the friend that's going to keep it real with them instead of being the one that's like going to load up the gun with them and go go in, <laughs> then this might be you, right? So you're often seen as the voice of reason. However, one area that they kind of struggle in is the area of relationships. It's not that the conscientious people have no feelings or an emotional need. It's just that they find it anxiety-provoking to express their feelings or even to recognize them. A lot of times, conscientious people get so caught up in the work that they do, whether it be their actual job, school, or just overexerting themselves into a hobby or entrepreneurship, they um, navigate towards those areas more so because those are areas that they can actually control. And so how many of us can actually admit that we have a control issue on some levels? And so as we all know, our relationships, whether they be friendship, familial, or intimate relationships, those are often things that we don't necessarily always have the most control of. So relationship difficulties arise for the conscientious person's stubbornness and their need for perfection. A lot of times their need for perfection can be seen as dreadful to another person another person who they're dealing with might just want to get out and have a good time right or another person might feel like the conscientious person is always beating down on them about not doing enough and so again I brought this one up in particular just because I feel like a lot of millennials are in a place where we're so driven to go after our careers, right? You spent all this time going to school to get a degree or you spent all this time learning a trade and now you want to be able to to get out in the workforce and and make something for yourself. I feel that a lot of, one big thing that millennials struggle with though is balancing um, their work and career ethic along with building and maintaining relationships. Um, I want to more so say maintaining relationships because We expect for people to just kind of be there when we're not busy or we expect for people to kind of always understand that you have something that you're working on. And there's a great deal of work that should go into maintaining relationships because it is also helpful for us as an individual to be able to have the balance where we can do great work at school and in our careers, but we also allow ourselves a break from that part of life um, to enjoy people and other things so sometimes though we just can't help it right sometimes our personality styles are so strong that that's all people begin to see us as and if you're like the conscientious person who finds it anxiety provoking or even just hard to recognize your 
underlying feelings, it's a struggle for you to actually express when things are difficult or not going well. And so the interview that I'm going to do today is is with someone who I feel a lot of people see as a perfect patty, right? So she's this person that a lot of people see her as having all these great accomplishments. And I really just wanted to find out how does she balance that and how does she still live emotionally well, knowing that life still happens to all of us, no matter how many good things are happening. So for today's guest, I brought a fellow social worker on the show. So Mia Dabney is with us today. So Mia, you can go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Hey, everyone. So like Brianna said, I'm also a fellow social worker. Um, I just got my license in December, and now I'm actually working in family preservation in Montgomery County. So Mia is a wise grad yes so we had that in common mm-hmm. she went to Salisbury for a little bit so she decided yes, she didn't years. like yes. us anymore <laughs> and then she graduated as a Morgan State Bear mm-hmm. and then you got your master's from University of Maryland Baltimore on okay. grad school campus cool so today we're, it's going to be a little bit different we're not really going to talk specifically about a mental health disorder mm-hmm. but just kind of something that I think impacts a lot of Females' mental wellness as a whole. Right. Um, And I picked you for this because I feel like we've had some conversations before in the past that it just seems like we've had some similar experiences or at least some of the same emotions. Right. Yes, that we share. Uh Some of our experiences. Um, So I kind of want to talk about that misconception of about always being that perfect person. Person. Um, So I think for the perfect person, it starts with my family. Um, My mom, she was born and raised in New York, and she came and moved to D.C. to kind of, like, start off her career. And pretty much everyone else in my family, like, no one really went to college. They barely finished high school and stuff like that. So me and my mom are kind of seen as, like, the golden child, golden grandchild of the family. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone's like, oh, you're doing this for us. That degree is for us. So it's kind of, like, a lot of pressure to kind of, like hold up the family status, like, you know, as the ones who made it out and are successful. So it was kind of, um, with my grandfather, he was like, always be excited. Like, look at my granddaughter. She (laughs) finished high school and now she's going to college. And she's like, oh, she's getting another degree. And then my cousins would be like, oh yeah, like you just the favorite grandchild. Like you just doing everything. And it was like kind of hard for me because I felt like I had to like keep up the status of like, you know, further my education, you yeah. know, getting straight A's, making the family proud. So especially with my mom kind of coming from that background of, you know, going to school and also getting her second degree also was just kind of like we were just looked differently by the family. So yeah. Which is interesting. Um I don't I don't think I was a first generation grad, uh-huh. but I was the first one to actually finish. Okay. So I wasn't the first to go to college, I was the first person to actually finish college. Mm-hmm. And so you know, like you said, you finish one degree, you went on to your next degree, mm-hmm. I'm in school again. And I think sometimes it's a back and forth with family where it's like, oh, we're so proud, you're doing this. You And it's like, dang, you still doing that? Yeah. Like, you still in school? Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think they always kind of expect for there not to be any, they don't expect the pressure to kind of be attached to. Yeah, I know it's coming from like a warm space, but... Internally, you feel that pressure of having to do so well because your family is looking to you to be that person that, like, has made it out, you know? So, 
it can be overwhelming at times. And I feel like even with it, when do you finish school? Because now you can help everybody <laughs> pay the bills. Like, you won't be, like, this millionaire. Like, even, like, for social work, you know, like, it's a decent paying job. But it's, like, for my family who's just, like, you know, working, like, make, to make ends meet. It's just, like I'm a millionaire to them. So, there's just, like, that financial status that is associated with it as well. Um, you know, like, with me and my mom, like, even though we are, we live out of the state, we're, like, the breadwinners of the family. So, like, anytime anybody comes together, it's, like, we're carrying that weight of, gotcha. like, you know, finance and stuff like that, too, anytime we do anything. And it's just, like, you know, when you come away from school and work and you want to be around your family, you don't want to still have that, like, I don't know, that feeling of feeling like, okay, yeah, I was in school. Yeah, I'm not, I don't want to talk about school and all the things <laughs> I'm doing and, like, what's going on with my career? Like, can you just breathe and, like, talk about something else? But that's just, like, exciting for them, but it can become overwhelming, I feel like. What emotion do you think is tied behind that? Like, when you can't just feel like you're having normal family bonding time? I don't know, because I feel like it kind of takes away, like, that sense of, like, your family. You know, it's like, oh, when you have, like, the stress of, like, school and work and just feeling overwhelmed, your family can be, like, bringing that joy and fun and talking mm-hmm. about other things. But it's like, your family's almost like your fans. Like, they're just like, oh, you're back. Like, hey, tell us everything. How is it going? Da, 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 da. Like, you know, they want to know so much. And, you know, I mean, I know they're coming from a good place, but it's like, you want to, like, be able to wind down when you're with your family. You don't want to have to keep talking about yourself. And I think also for me... Like, my cousins, I think also, like, because a lot of us are the same age, it kind of makes them feel a way because they always feel like, oh, when you come into town, it's just like, oh, everyone's so excited and there's something to talk about. But it's like, <laughs> I don't want that kind of yeah. attention, you know? I really would rather, you know, just us, like, talk about what they're doing. But, you know, they're like, they're like my life is nowhere near exciting as what you're doing. And it's just like, you know, it's just kind of just deal with it. And but, I think it's hard, too, because, okay, so you use the word, my life is nowhere near exciting. Mm-hmm. And I think people forget it's not that exciting. No, like, <laughs> it's stressful. So yes, it's okay. super duper stressful, and there's a lot of I think failure attached to it mm-hmm. that people either don't care to know about, or even if you say, "Oh, I have this big exam that's coming up," instead of them being more encouraging about it, I feel like sometimes friends and family could be like, oh, "Okay, you got it," because they're mm-hmm. so used to you being so successful and exciting. Yeah. yeah, definitely. They're like, you know, in mm-hmm. their minds, it's like, "Oh, whatever." Mm-hmm. So. This is definitely um, when I was preparing for my exam. Um, it would be like I did it. I took my exam right after Christmas, so you know I had all I had my laptop, I had all my notes, and I was just in my little corner studying. And everyone was just like, "I don't know why you're doing that, Mia. You got it already. Like, what are you studying for? You got straight A's in school. Like, you're doing so well. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to pass it with flying colors." And I'm just like, "It's not that easy. Like, yes, it took. Yeah, I'm very successful. I did get straight A's. Like, all that is true. But it was a lot of stress and sleepless nights to get there. So it's like, I don't know. For a lot of people." They say I make it look easy. And yeah. that's like the thing where it's like, it's not easy. And I think people, unless they're in the same field as me, they don't really understand it. Especially like I told you guys with my my family, they didn't go to college. So they don't really know what it's like to kind of, you know, study and having to go to classes and working a full-time job at the same time. So they mm-hmm. just see it like, oh, Mia, you got this. You make it look easy. But it is it is really hard. And I think even if I tried to explain it to them, they really wouldn't understand so that's why I think that's where kind of like those feelings of like it's too much, you know? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I mean, do you ever? I don't even know how to kind of phrase it, but sometimes I feel like if you if something bad does happen, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna say we, so you or I, if we react to it, then those same people are kind of like, oh, you're being over dramatic. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's 
if we are upset because we fail, everyone's like, I mean, it's not that big of a deal because yes, my sister had- does that all the time. Like, she's like, I don't know why you're overworking yourself. Like, it's fine. Like, you always do good. But yeah, I definitely agree. Because I say that because I mean, my I think my failures recently were like heavy. So I mm-hmm. took my clinical exam for the first time in December. Right. And even though to this day I swear it wasn't my fault <laughs> because of the testing conditions, at the end of the day, no matter how many times, you know, I replay the scenario of well the test proctor didn't show up one time, mm-hmm. it wasn't fair, it wasn't whatever, at the end of the day that printout said fail. Fail. Yeah. Right. And so that hurts. And so in January, I also took my comp exams. And our comp exams are just basically it's so in doctoral school if once you pass your um, comp exams, it changes your status from student to candidate. Oh, okay. I didn't and know so that. I didn't pass that by one section. And so Can you tell me that. <laughs> no, I'm so I didn't pass that by one section. And it was almost like devastating because mm-hmm. I think you kind of get caught up on what's happening, right? Like mm-hmm. I just failed something in December. It's January. Am I failing again? And you tell people because you want to get it out because it does hurt yeah and everyone's like have feelings like everyone else mm-hmm. right and everyone's like i mean you'll get to take it again and <laughs> for me it was a lot frustrating too because my mm-hmm. program keeps changing mm-hmm. right so in previous years if you failed a section you could just get an oral but you know just to get an oral exam mm-hmm. to redo it and this year they were like, oh, it's just up to the discretion of the professor if they want to give you an oral. Not-. Like, it wasn't a guaranteed thing. Right. And so, for me, it was, nope, no oral. You'll just have to retake the entire thing over. For one section. For one section. Mm-hmm. And so, it's almost like a 30-page paper. Like, that's how long your comps are. Because it's four sections, and every section is about 8 to 10 pages long. Mm-hmm. So, I have to redo all of that again mm-hmm. in August of this year. Is that what, how soon as you could take it? or Yeah, that's okay. the next time I could take it. And so, now there's this new pressure of, if I don't pass it this time, then I'm out the program. And so... Okay. You know what I mean? So, you get yeah. mad. So, when I did sit down with the teacher and heard my feedback, and my feedback was BS, it was like, okay... Mm-hmm. You really could have gave me this oral, but in the, at the end of the day, it was a fail. Mm-hmm. I was hurt. I was hurt over that. I was hurt with a license exam. And it's like, when you tell other people about it, they're like, I mean, you do you're better than me. Like, at least right. you made it this far. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I definitely get it. That was the same thing with my um, exam when I took it the first time. I felt it by one point. One yeah, point. that's tragic me. Yeah, that's <laughs> tragic. I was just like, you know, and other people, they, you know, they might have felt it for, uh, like, a few more questions, but it was like mine. I was like, this is one point. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, at least you know the exam. You know, at least you got the experience. One point. Like, and I felt like, for me, this was like a make or break for my career. Yep. So, it's just like, waiting. That's why I asked you, like, did you have, can you, soon can you take yours again? You said nine to August. But, like, those 90 days just seemed like forever. So, like, excuse me. Um, so, you know, just I think that where people just didn't understand, like, oh, you know, better luck next time. Don't be so hard on yourself. Look at as much as you've accomplished. And I'm just like, you guys don't understand. This is my licensure. Like, I can't get my like career job. started <laughs> until this happens, you know. So, I definitely feel like I'm thankful to have, like, a lot of people in my circle who are so short majors. I do think that helps because even though I can't get that from my family, I do have, like, friends, you know, who can kind of understand where I'm coming from, and that does make it a little easier for sure. So, so do you think? So, um, I think I mentioned this to you when I first came up with this show idea mm-hmm. about like the misconception of perfect and the whole perfect Patty syndrome, yeah, the strong, um, <laughs> yeah. So, just to kind of fill you guys in, so 
the perfect patty, I guess, syndrome, what we're going to call it is. So the old Tyler Perry movie, Why Did I Get Married? Mm -hmm. Um, Patricia, which was the role played by Janet Jackson, um, when her and her husband were having like this huge argument. What was it was about when the sun died or something mm-hmm. like that. Perfect and she, Patty messed up. <laughs> and she was like, perfect Patty messed up. Mm-hmm. And so it was just kind of like, you know, her world. She was a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, she was known for her self-help books. And she would ask. Perfect marriage, you know. Right, perfect marriage. Mm-hmm. Her friends would ask a question and she would give them advice. And they would be like, oh, Patricia knows everything. Right. Patricia just knows. Perfect answer, yeah. yeah. But all in all, Patricia's life was like crumbling and it was mm-hmm. falling apart. And so, do you ever feel like with the pressures that come behind all the successes that you that you also try to live in that role? Or is it more so one of those things where it's like, I want you to see me as more than just this Um, I person. do think sometimes I do get caught up in living that role. Not, like, just subconsciously. I'm, it's just like with friends, you know, it's this kind of thing like, oh... You are goals. Like, I want to be like you when I grow up. Like, it's all these different things I hear. And it's because they see me as being so successful. And then I feel like, okay, no one's really interested in the personal issues that I'm going through, you know, unless I have like this major breakdown because I've been trying to be perfect for so long. Yeah. You know, so I do think that it's not like I'm not being myself or I'm just trying to be like this perfect patty, but it's just like you get so consumed in it when everyone sees that part of you or like you said, that's what they want to see because that's what's like, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Exciting. You know, that's the exciting thing. That's what people see. That's what they want to be, you know? So I do feel like I do get consumed in that part and I'm still trying to figure out how I can just say, hello, there's another part to me too. Do you guys want to see that? But it's just kind of hard. It's like, you don't want to be like, hey, you guys, you know, I do have like a lot of things going wrong with me too. You know, do yeah. you want to you want to hear about the bad <laughs> stuff? You know, that doesn't that sounds crazy. So you kind of just go with it and whatever people want to hear, that's what you share. So I definitely feel like that. Do you think that sometimes um, the being so successful piece can make it hard with meeting new people or even dating Yes. Oh, my gosh. This is, <laughs> I wish y'all could see me. Yeah. Because <laughs> this dating. Okay. I'm about to just, I'm supposed to some tea right now. So, I actually just went on a date with a guy um, a couple days ago. And we went to Dave & Buster's. And, you know, so I always that first conversation. You talk about your life, your family, and your career. And another conversation came up where it's like, I need to catch up with you. I need to be yeah. on your level. And I'm just Ugh. like, no, I don't want to do this. Like, And I feel like it's like a red flag. And I really wanted to just get up and run. But I'm like, no, Mia, like, just sit in that. And for me, it was just the fact that we were talking about our like our careers. What are we doing? And it's like, of course, like I'm a social worker. I'm in the field. You know, I'm making decent money because I'm a salary person, you know. And he was just like, yeah, like, you know, he's hourly. He's working two jobs. And he's like, you're traveling. You're able to do this because, you know, my birthday's coming up. And I'm about to go out <laughs> of the country. So, you know, it was just like, I feel like with a lot of guys, and I don't know if it's the type of guys I attract or it's just like, I'm like the Michelle Obama. You know, I know y'all yeah. seen the meme on Instagram. It's like, oh, look at my little Michelle Obama. And I'm like, no, like I'm Mia. And I just happen to also be a social worker yeah. who just happens to be doing well at a young age. You know, I do feel like it definitely makes dating hard and um, it makes me feel uncomfortable. And then, like, again, a lot of my friends are just like, girl, don't worry about that. Like, yes, you should be happy and excited. You are a social worker and you're making money, da 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 And I'm just like, yeah, but I feel uncomfortable yeah. that a guy is telling me he should be on my level. And it's like, no, you're in your lane. I'm in mine. You know, I don't want... And it makes me feel like 
is he intimidated by yeah. it or does he yeah. is he really like aspired to be like that or he just feels like oh if I'm talking to her like I gotta do something you know and it just it really made me feel uncomfortable you know during our conversation and it made me want to not even talk about myself anymore like yeah. I wanted to talk more about him but then it's like that same thing of like that perfect patty and people wanting to know more everything I said was just so exciting and he wanted to know more about me and what I was doing but it really made me feel uncomfortable that you know I think it is hard though because I think it can go both ways because you hear people say stuff like oh I'm trying to catch up with you Mm -hmm. or even now I have a friend where like we don't talk that often like you know some friends you talk to here and there Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of annoying when someone in the midst of them telling you about their accolade Mm -hmm. they make a comment like that right Mm -hmm. so recently I was talking to one of my male friends and he's like oh I just got this new promotion Mm -hmm. that 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 I'm catching up with you Okay. Like, yeah. Yes, that's exactly how it is. Like, no, you're not. Like, let's, let's talk about you and how well you're doing and you're growing within yourself. You and know? it's so weird because we're yeah. not walking around with, like, our salaries on our forehead. No. Or I'm not even waving my degrees. My degrees are in the boxes with the cases. Like, you okay. know what I mean? I, I don't wave it's the just... paper itself, but I do let people know. I have <laughs> how many degrees? Yes, I have two. Not one, but two. I do two yeah. more sometimes. But, no, I get what you're saying. I don't feel like we have it written over our head. A lot of people, when they see me, mm-hmm. don't see the extra as far as, like, my career being so successful just because I do like to party a lot. I do like to travel. And then when I open my mouth, they're like, whoa, you got all of that going on, too? Then it's like, you're even more better than I thought. Like, you're able to do all this and get to have fun at the same time. So, yeah, it's definitely a topic of discussion a lot. And I actually really think that, and I'm not saying that it's unique to us, but I think there are certain fields such as, like, any license field, honestly. Mm-hmm. So social workers, nurses, um, psychologists. psychologists. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of times we can get caught up in that achievement um, pressure mm-hmm. or just that overly successful person because I'm not getting all these degrees to ever say that I'm better than you. Right. Or I'm not doing certain things so I can be like, oh, I make more money or mm-hmm. just whatever. No, in order for me to be the social worker who I was trying to be, mm-hmm. I have to have my master's. Because mm-hmm. if I get my bachelor's, that's just a piece of paper yeah. and I'm doing a regular like, old job right. right I had to get my master's mm-hmm. I had to take the exam mm-hmm. and when those two years are up I had to take another one yes. you know what I mean and so to be honest even a social worker with a master's if there's no, no. license right. there's still no social money. worker yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I mean the things that we keep going after isn't because we don't know how to stop but we never even made it to our first stop after the bachelors right. where most people were able to make it to their first stop i feel like once you get that lgsw that is your first stop and mm-hmm. that took several yep. years and like we said degrees and a license to get there and i think that's what a lot of people don't understand they're just thinking like oh yeah after you went straight into grad school well yeah because i need a job and then it's like <laughs> well then you just grad school then you and you got your license right mm-hmm. after i was like it's a process and i had to do it so i think you know for the field that we're in it is necessary and a lot of other fields don't need that so i think that's where people kind of get it confused where they think like oh yeah you did all this and you're only 24 25 but it's like no, I had to do it, and it's yeah. like you guys are putting me on this pedestal, and it's just not, it's not it's really not the same, you know. Like what I had to do to get here for my career, you guys just went to get your bachelor's degree, and now you're in the field too, you know, making equal money also. So I think that it's just a misconception. Yeah, it's like, really yeah. a misconception, and then it's like I'm tired of having to like explain myself, like you know, <laughs> and I don't want it to seem like I'm down on myself. Like no, you know, it's really not all that great. Yeah, it's great, and I'm happy for mm-hmm. it, but it wasn't. I mean, of course you have choices, and I didn't have to 
choose this field, but it's kind of like a requirement in a way, you know? So, and I think, you know, people don't really understand that or even care to understand it. Because even if I tried to explain to them, I was like, girl, no matter. Like you said, you got two degrees and a license also. And that's, yeah. So then I always say, I don't, I watch a lot of movies, so, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) I always say my biggest fear is being Taraji's character on like Think Like a Man. Because (laughs) remember, she was successful. She worked for this huge company. And she couldn't meet anybody to match her. And I don't yeah. think it's even always about having somebody to match you. But sometimes mm-hmm. you might look for someone who's matching you or close enough. Because having conversations with other people, mm-hmm. like you said, they're like, oh, you my Michelle Obama. Yeah. Nope. I don't want to be Michelle <laughs> Obama. That's the thing, you know. I do think that especially um, something that I also had to struggle with as far as my career or relationships. And I think that's mm-hmm. something... Yeah. Yeah. that has everyone's like well you're doing so good you're a boss you know it's like yeah but sometimes i would like someone to share it with but it's mm-hmm. like they get intimidated by it or they can't support me because you know being in grad school you know the advanced year program <laughs> one year like that's a lot and some guys like lot. i want you to talk to me and i was like well i'm trying to study you know yeah. so that's another thing for me i just feel like um gabrielle union and daddy's girls you know she was just that worker and she didn't have a time for a man and it's like mm-hmm. i don't want to be that i you wanna, don't want to be that yeah. yeah but it just seems like it's either i'm gonna have to it's either i can't have both and i feel like i can but right now in the space that i'm at it seems like i can't have a successful relationship mm-hmm. and a successful career but it's like i don't want to be that person i was like yeah once i get my career yeah. and everything in order now I'll start looking for love yeah everybody's out here falling in love <laughs> And getting engaged and having babies. And I'm just like, I'm just finishing school, you know? Yep. So, But I think, too, because I, I a lot of times feel like that. Mm-hmm. And I even, like, one time I had said to Jaleese, you know Jaleese. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, you know what, Jaleese? Maybe the Lord doesn't want me to have a man because... Don't say that. I, well, no, I'm saying, like, not right now. <laughs> okay. Because I'm, I would like to invest mm-hmm. that much time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I am that nurturing girlfriend or whatever. Yes. And so right. the Lord is like, um, you know you're about to take your comps for the second time, mm-hmm. right? Like, you don't you need no man distracting yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> But in the same token, I think that it maybe I am attracting the wrong guys because you also need somebody who, the same way right now we feel like we're sacrificing relationships in order to get to where we want to mm-hmm. be, sometimes you need a guy who's like okay with being the supporter. Like you, I think, I feel like a lot of guys want the female to support them. They want this, but. Or I, what I'm seeing to fall into is that they're like, oh yeah, I can support you. I, I can do this. And no, you, I don't think you know what you're getting yourself into, sir. And I think that's where <laughs> yeah. it's like, a lot of guys think they can, or maybe it's like their pride or their manhood thing. Like I can't handle anything, you know, and they don't want to feel emasculated. Like they can't support their woman who's like doing so much but in reality from my experience i don't think they can handle it i think their definition of support is different yeah like because like you said when we're in school especially or preparing for these life-changing exams Mm -hmm. support isn't about how great the date is or anything it's like we're stressed out about so many other things support Mm -hmm. can just be like kind of that downtime or Mm -hmm. knowing that like i can tell you about this and you're actually going to understand and that Because it's like, how am I telling you about my whole day, how it's so stressful? And then if I fall asleep on you while I'm talking about it, you we had an argument the next morning. And I'm just like, you said you was here to talk to me, yeah, but you fell asleep. And I'm just like, you know, it's just like little things. I just really yeah. like, and I think I don't ask for a lot, but I know that in relationships, it does take a lot of attention and nurturing, you know. Um, but I feel like there has to be... It's not going to always be 50-50. And I think that, you know, when relationships, at times it should be. But, like, if I'm in this extensive program and I'm trying to have, like, a career-changing moment, 
It's like, you may have to give me a little bit more than I can give you right now, but it should be okay because, like you said... It's going to shift, too. Yeah, depending on what people see support as, support is not always not going to be 50-50. It's just like, I'm going through this. You may have to give a little bit more for a few months, you know? And I feel like... And down the line, you might be going through something that I have to get. You know, yeah, people just are okay with the shifts, though. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest... And that's when definitely where it starts to feel. It's like, well, you're changing. You weren't doing this. Or before, when we first started, everything was fine. I was like, well, yeah, now I'm in school. Or the school year's almost over. You you think like oh it's almost over no it's almost over and it's getting harder so yeah <laughs> i think that finding someone that's like on that level has been really been hard and so i think that's why i just been like you know what if it comes it comes but let me just focus on my career and then maybe once i'm you know like i'm done yeah. and i you know now i'm in the field and i've relaxed i mean i don't have to take my another and my next licensure for two years maybe i can find something and get it started before i got sick <laughs> for that next exam you know but i don't know i just really like would want to express that but i feel like you know the the guys that i've been dating they just don't really understand they like it just doesn't make sense and only people who do understand are so short majors uh-huh. who are my <laughs> friends and it's just like we're all like why is it so hard you know so i think that is definitely a frustrating part of my life just trying to balance it and like i said everyone going back to that perfect patty everyone's thinking like it's so perfect you got everything but i was like no i don't have that companionship and that's something that i really desire you and know? i feel like that's usually the lane like if we mm-hmm. were to break it down like career check Mm -hmm. education check family check Mm -hmm. maybe half a check when y'all precious yeah (laughs) then when you get to that whole intimacy or relationship Mm -hmm. box it's like "Mm -hmm." check nope erasing it (laughs) check nope erasing it i'm gonna just leave it blank you know so that can definitely and i don't think people see that um part and also for me i don't show that part you know i kind of like you know just living up to like yeah everything is going great and i was like you got it all and sometimes you know when i have my bad day i wish i had somebody to share it with you know i do get that um feeling sometimes as well so so we talked about family Mm -hmm. we talked about the dating world Mm -hmm. um but i think a lot of times, too, the pressure might come in with the idea of, like, the strong friend. And I think mm-hmm. in social media a lot, it's even been coming up about check on your strong friend, check mm-hmm. on your strong friend. So what do you think the strong friend even means? Um, So I do see myself as the strong friend. I think my friends also call me the strong friend. But I see it as the the one who's always there for everybody. They hide their pain very well. Like, you know, you wouldn't even know that things are going on with them. Um, I think it's the person they think that you can do it all. You know, like I said, you can travel, you have this career going on, you have a lot of friends, you look happy all the Mm -hmm. time. It's just like, you can do it all. And like, they're good. Even if they're going through something, they're so strong, you know, they'll bounce back where, you know, those who are not considered a strong friend, they constantly need support. They constantly need someone to lean on. You know, they're feeling emotional or life is just too heavy for them as if the strong friend is not feeling the same exact way. Yeah. And I think it's just that, the way we handle it, you know, is different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I guess the hard part about it is that with the strong friend is they still need that support. Mm-hmm. I think the the, op, the other friend is just a little more vocal. Mm-hmm. And maybe even we don't necessarily call them the strong friend because they don't have those back-to-back achievements. Or whatever the case might mm-hmm. be. Or at least their highlights aren't yeah. just broadcasting everywhere. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. I, it is easy to kind of neglect the strong friend, but mm-hmm. because you said you've even been called the strong friend before, what are some ways do you think that people can support the strong friend? 
Um, I think it actually has to come from the strong friend. Like you said, mm-hmm. um, other friends are more vocal. And I'm not very vocal about my problems. I don't go to my friends like, hey, I need you. This is what's going on. I'm just so used to trying to deal it deal with it on my own that I think it would just be easier if I just tell my friends like I know y'all think I'm strong and I get it all together but I'm really a mess inside so if y'all want to like check in on me mm-hmm. I think that would be easier because with being a strong friend you're you're not going to say hey I'm going through this you know unless you're having a major breakdown which strong friends do after yeah. being strong for so long but just on a regular basis you know like me and a few of my friends had a conversation you know, just about, like, relationships and heartbreak. And I'm being there for her so much that it's been triggering things within yeah. myself. And, you know, I think one day, like, I just mentioned something. And then she was like, oh, wow. Me, like, wait, what's going on? Like, I didn't even know. And I didn't even know I even said anything to her. But, you know, she was like, wait, what's going on? And I'm <laughs> telling her. And she was like, oh, yeah, Mia has her pain well. Mia has, like, they just really thought I was just like, okay, on to the next, and I'm doing so well because I've always been there for other people. So I think, like I said before, kind of just letting my friends know, like, hey, I'm not as okay as y'all think I am. I just, the way that I deal with my pain is different, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm stronger, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, Mm -hmm. I I agree with you when you said, like, the strong friend in themselves kind of has to take, a little bit of responsibility mm-hmm. to balance out the relationship, mm-hmm. right? Like, even just say, hey, can we hang out? Maybe I'm tired of being in the house mm-hmm. studying all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Versus somebody's like, oh, she's not going to go show I want to study. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to get out. No, get yeah. me out. But instead of waiting for people to always ask, maybe mm-hmm. say, hey, can we go out? Or yeah. like how you said, instead of waiting for that major breakdown mm-hmm. to happen, just kind of say, girl, let me tell you about your day, my day, and be okay with, Telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, I definitely dance around it. Yeah, for sure. And I also feel like um, I think why I don't share is because if I'm not, I haven't always been that person to kind of share. I don't want to take the moment away from the friend yeah. who's, you know, dealing with whatever they're going through. But then it's like when like, you're the only one, it's kind of like, when is it my turn? You know, and it's like, you know, you constantly want to be there for your friends, especially because, you know, the type of person I am, like, I've always been that I'll drop anything for my friends and be there for them. I'll even put my own things to the back burner. But I think I'm just trying to figure out when do I find the time to, like, pause them and say, hey, like, I'm kind of going through things, too. Especially because I have so many friends. And I'm a girl. We all have problems. Mm-hmm. I think it's just kind of finding a way to insert my my time to kind of have my friends be there for me. That's something that I'm trying to work on, too. So I wouldn't really... um I think it's like, you know, shared responsibility. But I do think for the strong friends out there, it's pretty much kind of like being okay to kind of like be vulnerable and kind of just let your guard down and kind of like have your friends be there for you. Um, Because like I said, what happens for me is that I'm strong, 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 strong. And so then it's just like, whoa, Mia, you're not acting strong. What's going on? And it's like, I'm really not as strong as (laughs) y'all think I am. I'm just just like, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, oh, wow, we didn't know that. And it's like, they're right. They didn't know. I didn't say anything. So do you think subconsciously, and I say that because usually we won't figure this out till, you know, later. Mm -hmm. But do you think subconsciously sometimes we want to keep the front of the strong friend because it's like if I show too many times that I'm going through x y and z then you're not even going to see you're not going to want to come to me anymore you're not going to want to share as much I definitely um I definitely think that because for me it's just like I feel I don't know I think it kind of gives me some strength that my friends come to me and see me as a strong friend like I know like Mia will drop anything to talk to me I know that she'll give me good advice she'll understand where I'm coming from and it's like I don't want my friends to like 
shelter me or enable it in a way where they're like, okay, well, now that we know me is not so strong, maybe we should kind of back off. And yeah. it's like, no, I'm not saying that. Yeah. You know, I think it can be interpreted that way. But it's like, I'm not saying that. I just want you to know that I'm not always strong. I can be strong for you. Yeah. But I'm not always strong for myself. And I, I think, think that's very different. I think it's important to try to figure out how to keep the balance of being mm-hmm. relatable to our friends because mm-hmm. we're all the same age and a lot of us do have shared experiences, mm-hmm. you know, or versus just pretending like, oh, I've superseded that or that yeah. doesn't, but I can tell you what to do. Or I can tell you mm-hmm. how to, it's definitely a, a balance game. Yeah. It's definitely a huge balance. Okay. Well, Mia, we touched on a lot. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> on a roll. It's like, whoo, I can finally share these things that I've been having inside for so long. So yeah, I think it was good. Well, good. I really appreciate you coming on the show thank you hopefully this won't be my last no you know i always need new topics and ideas especially stuff that just pertains to mental health Mm -hmm. in general so do you have any last words for any of the perfect patties out there or people who might feel like they're struggling with the perfect patty syndrome yes so i would definitely say for all the perfect patties out there it's okay for perfect patty to mess up (laughs) i think that what we have to do is just be better at communicating our feelings and what's really going on with us even if it makes us feel uncomfortable and i think that our friends would really appreciate that more even if our families also just kind of working on how to like just kind of like peel off those layers to you and kind of like really get down to what's going on and that kind of ties back into the mental health because you know If you keep all that ball together, like I said, you'll have that breakdown and it's just really unhealthy. So I think, you know, just take from what we talked about today. And even if it's not going to change overnight, just kind of thinking about how can I be more vocal about being that strong friend, being that perfect patty and kind of just letting your friends and family know that, you know, I do have some bad days as well. But, you know, I think just kind of thinking about that more would be helpful for sure. Cool. Well, thank you, Mia. Thank you for having me. This was great. So before I go, I just want to encourage each and every one of you to take the time to take some kind of personality test, whether it's the new personality self-portrait that I recommended, or maybe you have another one that you really liked. It could be extremely helpful to understand and know your personality style so that you can gather a deeper meaning behind how you think, act, and love the way you do. As soon as we learn to understand how and why we do things, it will be easier for us to express our emotions, express our needs. And so that way, we are able to communicate with others how to love and support us. I hope you learned something new today. And I also hope that you were able to find the information relatable. If you have any topics for future shows, please be sure to share them. Until next time, live well, be well.